Welcome to Kansas City Confidential, a podcast where we hear from the people behind Kansas City's local restaurants, businesses, and personalities. I'm your host, Sari, and today's guest is Farrell from the Cottage Rose KC. This unique floral shop offers arrangements and installments you can't find anywhere else. They've been featured in Kansas City Spaces, Wed KC, Wedding Chicks, and several other publications. This mother-daughter duo is using their design background to build works of art using flowers as their medium. Here to talk all about the cottage rose is Farrell. Casey Confidential. Casey's Confidential. It's good to see you again. I'm so excited to have you on. I just think your floral arrangements are so unique and I just love the vibrant colors that you guys use. And I just think anytime you see a floral arrangement that is yours, it's so obvious cottage rose floral arrangement as opposed to another flower shop in Kansas City. And I think that's something that makes you guys really unique is, is your style and your color palettes and the vibrant colors and the flowers that you use. Thank you. That's, um, yeah, that's definitely something that we try to do. Color is like, I know it's a very big thing that we try to experiment with. I think that it's such a easy way to add like personality to an event. I love when, you know, couples will, you know, use their favorite colors. Cause I feel like that way it just makes it so much more them. Um, but yeah, f- color is really fun for me to experiment. Um, I mean, I love neutrals and things like that, but I think the ones that I get really excited about are the more colorful ones for sure. Yeah. And I've seen weddings that you guys have done. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, you did my friend's sister and her wife's wedding and the floor arrangement was just stunning. And the second I saw those pictures, I was like, I, I know exactly which florist that is. And I, again, just, yeah, it added so much color and vibrance to their event. And it was just fun to see. And it's unique and different. And I I just love seeing the range that, that you guys can do. Yeah. My, one of my favorite things is when um, I hear like someone, you know, that's like not the couple say like, oh, that's so, you know, whatever bride or groom or um, because I think that's just one of the main things that we try to do is try to, you know, work towards like figuring out what's their personality, what's their style and like infusing that in their wedding. And that wedding that you're specifically talking about had just like so much color texture. It was so fun it just proves that you don't have to be like very traditional anymore. You can really just like do what you want and it's going to look good, especially if you get like vendors that you can trust. And I think that making like, I don't know, working hard to get that trust is like one of the main things that we do so that we can, you know, kind of explore our own creativity more so that we can get people that come to us and be like, you know, I just want you to create something awesome for us. And that's what we strive for, for sure just a little background on yourself, flowers and being in floral. Is that something that always piques your interest? Because I want to read, you know, your website says, first and foremost, we are designers and flowers are our medium. That statement, I think is really cool and really striking. And I would love to just hear a little more about that. Can you explain that a little more? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I guess just maybe a little bit of background in general about us. Um, my mom actually started the business, the Cottage Rose, um, in like late nineties, um, when I was like 12 or so. And so I would help her with various events. <clears throat> she did a lot more like 
catering and florals then. So it was a little bit different than what we do now. But I mean, fast forward like several years, I went to KU and I got my master's in architecture. Um, She kind of like kept the business going, um, doing like smaller things, you know, like while I was like going to school or just, you know, throughout like growing up and everything. So, you know, when I graduated, we like, I didn't work I never really got into architecture much. It was kind of an interesting time when I graduated in 2011, but I worked for like various event spaces, um, different florists, restaurants and things like that. Um, and then we ended up starting, you know, the business back up, taking more events, things like that. Um, probably like 2015, 14, something like that. Um, so I think that the fact that we both have design backgrounds, like mine's in architecture, um, my mom's is in like printmaking. Um, so we kind of approach the whole process a little bit more, I don't know, like a design firm in general. Um, we'll start with like an in- initial consultation. Um, then we'll head through the process with like a proposal inspiration board, which is very like, I guess, malleable. You can we like move it around a lot. We kind of, it's a little more open-ended and then we can get more in detailed. Um, we'll have like a second meeting, Uh, where we, you know, choose all the decor and the centerpieces and things like that, get into all the details. And then that's when like the week of is when we really just start to like create everything. Um, So yeah, I guess that's kind of how we would say like flowers are a medium because we both had like design backgrounds and we kind of just found our way towards like using that design, you know, experience that we have through flowers. And where would you say a lot of your inspiration comes from for your arrangements? Um, I guess, I mean, with my architecture background, I like to play with, you know, like different shapes and like structure and um, contrast composition, things like that. I think having that background as opposed to just more of like a floral, this is what I've learned. This is how, you know, you make the arrangement. Um, I kind of, you know, I worked for different florists, but I kind of taught myself, I guess. Um, And it's just been a, a, like a learning process. I can definitely tell a difference in my work from 2014 to now it's definitely progressed. Um, And I think that I've become a little bit more like experimentative and trying to, you know, try more shapes, different like color palettes, different textures, um, using flowers that I would never really expect to like, like, and things a lot more now. Um, And also trying to push like clients to do a little bit more experimental things has been like really fun as well. Have you found that people tend to kind of gear towards a simple look with flowers or do you feel like people are usually pretty open about being experimental with, with arrangements? I think it definitely depends. Weddings are a little interesting because you'll, you'll have the people that definitely want to be more traditional. Um, but then there are the, you know, couples that want to experiment more. Um, sometimes it takes a little, a little push. Um, but I think that once we gain that trust from them and they're like, you know, this is something that I can definitely envision. I think that we're lucky in that since, you know, our work has, you know, spoken for itself for a while that we have people that like draw like are drawn to us specifically um so they are a little bit more open to do something like that um to be more experimented with like color or you know flower types or you know maybe going like bigger with installations as opposed to you know like a traditional like centerpiece or things like that so yeah I think we're really lucky with a lot of the clients that we get also how many weddings on average per year would you say the cottage rose has Well, last year was a little crazy. Uh, We had all the reschedules from 2020. um, And then on top of just like 
booking, you know, what we needed to on top of that, we had, I mean, we probably did about 50 to 60 weddings, not all like full service weddings. Um, some of them were just like personal flowers. Some of them maybe like personal flowers and ceremony, but this year we're trying to, uh, decrease that a lot. We've found that by being able to take more breaks and focus specifically more on, you know, like one wedding per, you know, weekend or maybe a couple weddings, but not doing something every single weekend um, allows us to, you know, be more creative, have that time, that rest, but also like get excited about the weddings more. Um, so I'd say like on average now, I think what we're trying to take is probably about like 20 to 30 full service weddings. So that's like, you know, personal flowers, ceremony, reception, decor, any other like miscellaneous things. Um, and that allows us to kind of keep the schedule a little bit more free. So things that pop up that are like micro weddings or elopements, like things that we really like to do, um, because those can be a little bit more personal that can, can keep our schedule a little bit more free for that. And how were you guys affected by COVID? You mentioned the reschedules of all the weddings in 2020. I think, you know, a lot of people are obviously seeing that and especially being on the vendor side of weddings. How were you guys affected by the pandemic? Um, well, the event slash wedding industry, I mean, pretty much came to a halt. Um, we had about probably like two to three months of weddings just reschedule from March when it, you know, initially started to, I think our next wedding was maybe like June and those were, you know, significantly cut down in like guest size or outside and, you know, change the venue. Yeah. Having to deal with that was kind of interesting. There was like a whole flower shortage as well. And then on the opposite side of 2020, like having scrambled to reschedule, then 2021 was just like huge boom of weddings and like such an increase that, you know, like again, with like flower shortages and, you know, trying like we'd have multiple weddings per weekend, I think from like the end of August to after Thanksgiving, like we didn't have any weekend off. Like it was just absolutely crazy. Um, so yeah, COVID, I mean, definitely initially, you know, affected us a lot because we just didn't have anything for a few months. Um, that's when we kind of like picked up and doing like more retail and like pickups from our shop and things like that. If anything, it was kind of a, a little nice because I never really get to have the spring to just enjoy. But yeah, once it picked up again, it just got crazy. Um, and so I think that evaluating last year and going into this year, we've definitely had to make some changes and realize like what's important to us and what's going to be able to like, I guess, keep us in business and keep us actually wanting to do this and not just be like completely burned out. You mentioned you, you know, it was a family business. So what are some struggles that come with working with family? Um, well, I've worked with my mom, I guess, like what we said, like she started it back in like late nineties. So I've worked with her for a while, like kind of off and on, we have our own like roles. So I think that definitely helps. Like she does a little bit more of like the business side of things, like all the stuff that I really hate to do the taxes and like all that stuff. And then I'll take on more of just like, you know, more of kind of like a creative director role. Um, and then also, you know, just kind of most of the contact with clients and things like that, proposals, all that stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting working with your mom. I, I don't know if 
a lot of people know what that's like, but I think that we've just had so much time, like working with each other that we're good at just kind of knowing what each other is good at and making sure that like, that's what we keep our roles at. I know eventually she like, she would like to get out of this business, but I, I know I just need her for a few more years, I think. And then, you know, she can retire eventually, but yeah, I mean, it's, it comes with some interesting struggles, but at the same time, it's really fun and I get to see her all the time. And so I think that's pretty, it, you know, it's a, it's a fun job, especially working with your mom. And in terms of the business aspect, what are some struggles just in general, being a entrepreneur, owning a business and owning a business in Kansas city? Well, I'm really bad at saying no in general. Um, It's something that I'm definitely working on. So I guess it's just really easy to work like 24 seven. I mean, it's like, I don't know, like I have to kind of set boundaries for myself. Like I'm not going to answer emails at 9 p.m. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to like set actual hours for myself so that I can like, again, not be burned out. Um, But especially in the wedding industry, because you like you book so far out, um, you know, it seems like you can take on a little more than you think. And then when the week comes, that's that's when you kind of realize like that it's too much. Now we have like a minimum that kind of like ensures that we can like take less weddings and focus on them more. We try to, you know, have more breaks throughout the time and everything like that. So I'm, you know, not not trying to work 24 seven. But besides that, you know, just typical like business stuff that nobody likes, like I said, like taxes, emails, things like that. I'm definitely more fond of like the creative side, but you know, if we didn't do that, then we wouldn't be in business. So (laughs) it's necessary. I hear you. I'm definitely a yes person and I tend to say yes to everything. And I have a really detailed handwritten calendar. People laugh at me all the time. I've never been able to get on board with electronic calendars. I have to physically write something down. Otherwise I forget it. I color coordinate things. I, my organization is a little OCD, (laughs) but I say yes to so many things. I actually had a wedding in St. Louis, Labor Day weekend, a close friend of mine. And I said yes to like a coffee shop opening Saturday morning before we left for St. Louis after doing a full week of Kansas City Fashion Week. And it just was like, boom, 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 one thing after the other. And at the end of the weekend, we're driving back and I looked at my boyfriend. I said, I'm so exhausted. And he goes, I just can't imagine why. (laughs) just We, you know, just laughed about it. But I was like, I know it's, I just say yes to everything. And so I understand the, it's nice when you can set boundaries for yourself and are able to take a step back to take time for yourself. Right. Yeah. I mean, even just looking at our calendar from last year, I'm just like, how did I even do that? Like, I don't even know how we got through it. And so this year looks a lot different. So I'm getting better at saying no, but it's still hard. (laughs) Yeah. And are there any arrangements that you've done in the past that really stand out to you as being like one of your favorites or something that really challenged you to do something outside of your comfort zone? I really have liked a lot of the summer weddings that we've had. They've just been very colorful, um, very fun. Anytime we do like a destination wedding, that's always a little bit more of a struggle, but it's also very fun because then we get to travel for the weddings. Um, So whether that's like bringing the flowers to the location and like having to drive there, or if we're like flying out there, 
that yeah can come with its own struggles but it's also just like really cool to be able to work in like different environments and like completely different like states and venues and everything like that but like lately we had some really pretty like just like spring and summer weddings last year we actually got to do um florals for a music video for waxahachie which was really fun um so that came with kind of its own struggles and trying to figure out like what will work best, like in the shot, what angles we needed to get, where we should place things, um, you know, what color palette to use that will stand out. I would really love to, you know, get into more things like that, that not aren't necessarily like weddings at events and do, um, you know, more like music videos or installations or things like that, that um, can kind of allow us to be more creative too. Yeah. And doing destination weddings, how's that working? Are people, you know, obviously people are finding you guys. Do you feel like it's mostly people in Kansas city who are doing destination weddings outside of Kansas city, or are you getting clientele outside of Kansas city and they're having you come to them? Um, a little of both. Um, most of the ones I would say are in Kansas city and they're getting married somewhere else. And so then we'll go out there with them. We've had a few inquiries from, you know, people that aren't from the area. Um, a lot of them also have been like friends of mine that are getting married in other places. And then I, you know, kind of convinced them to let me do the flowers as well. So, yeah, I think it's kind of like a mix of everything, but I'd say a majority would be probably like Kansas city couples who are getting married elsewhere. And for any listeners who are interested in inquiring about how to get arrangements for their wedding or events, or even someone, if there is a listener doing a music video, how does that process work with the Cottage Rose and where can they find all their information that they needed? So I'd say going to our website would definitely be the best like first step. Um, we have a couple of different inquiry forms on there. Uh, one's like more like wedding and event centered and the other one is just kind of like a general thing. Um, so yeah, starting through there would be definitely the easiest. Instagram messages are just hard to keep up with. So I definitely would say like email is um, something that I check every single day and we'll definitely get back to, but yeah, so the process would start with just like a general inquiry. Um, and then we go through just kind of like inspiration, um, different like options. I'll send over like pricing, things like that. Um, with weddings, we'll sit down and do like an initial consultation and then, you know, go to the shop and that's when you can like see all the different like decor items that we have. Um, that's probably like my favorite part of the whole process is really when it all comes together and you can see like, you know, exactly what we're using for everything. Um, we do also offer some retail arrangements as well. Um, pretty much just kind of what we have in the shop at the moment. Um, we unfortunately don't do deliveries anymore just because it got to be a lot. Um, but we do pickups in our shop, you know, pretty much like Tuesday through Fridays. We can, you know, accommodate color palettes most of the time, um, but it's usually kind of like designer's choice. Um, but there's some like dried options on there as well. Um, but yeah, and then our shop is located down in the crossroads. Um, so we're really close to, uh, we're directly next to the Lady Volcus. We're right down the street from like Lydia's Big Mood. Um, so it's a really fun area to be in. And speaking of your shop, I went and picked up a floor arrangement a few weeks ago and I walked in and instantly just fell in love with the decor and that the little area right when you walk in, there's like couch and this chair and I was taking a hundred photos <laughs> and 
I just sat there and was like, this is like my dream living room. If I lived alone and I could just decorate my house, however I wanted, whatever color palette I wanted, I love the interior of your shop. And I just think too, going back to the arrangements that you do, I know you do neutrals and you do super vibrant colors, but it just is a happy workplace. It looks like such a happy workplace. And I just love, I fell in love with like, uh, quote unquote, the lobby, I guess to say, <laughs> yes. of, of your we call space. It, we call it the parlor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That is a perfect <laughs> word for it. That is exactly, yeah, that's exactly how I would describe a parlor. So did you do the decorating for that? Uh, it was kind of like a, both of my mom and I, we love to shop and antique and thrift and things like that. So a lot of that is, you know, from down in like the West Bottoms, urban mining or, you know, stuff that we've found throughout the years. Uh, but yeah, it, it's been really fun, like decorating. We've been in that space for a couple of years. We were in another location a few blocks away um, for about four years before that. So this space has been really fun to be able to transform. It's like, three times as big as where we were at before. So now we have a lot more like shelving. We have an actual like cooler in there now. And I think eventually we would love to be able to like rent out the space and do small events in there too. Um, So I think that's something that we're going to try to start working towards within the next couple of years. That'd be awesome. And speaking of the future, I was going to ask, you know, what are any upcoming things you guys have coming that maybe you'd want listeners to know about? I'm sure you're very busy with weddings and other events, but is there any sort of special arrangements or anything new coming to the shop that you would want listeners to know about? See, yeah, we have a very busy wedding season, but once wedding season is over, kind of like November or so, um, I wouldn't say it's kind of like new to the shop, but that's when we do a lot more just like installations in like houses and um, we do a lot like in salons and like things like that. Um, so that's when we start to promote those kind of things a little bit more because we just have a lot more time to do stuff like that. So yeah, I would say if anybody's wanting some sort of like dried floral installation for their house or business or whatever, the end of fall to winter is when we're really able to do a lot of projects like that. So I'd say that's probably what we would be like pushing next. When you are not running a business, I know it's hard as an entrepreneur to kind of separate from your business, but when you are not running a business, what does life in Kansas City look like for you? Um, Well, about a year ago, my husband and I um, sold our house in Waldo and we moved down to the crossroads. So now I'm like a block or so away from my shop, which has been pretty amazing. Um, Just like being in the neighborhood, being close to where I work, being able to like walk everywhere has really, I guess, improved my quality of life. I'm not very fond of driving. So um, yeah, walking everywhere has been amazing. But yeah, we uh, are close to like so many of our favorite restaurants now. Um, We have two dogs, so we're just walking them all the time around here. It's fun just like where we are to just kind of see a lot of activity happening in the area, even though I feel like most of the time I'm just kind of like in my apartment, you know doing a puzzle or something like that. I also like, I play volleyball every week. We're on a brief hiatus right now, but that's probably like one of my favorite ways to stay active. Um, like I said, I love thrifting, antiquing, live music. We love to go to Pertron next door. It's like right next to us. Um, so yeah, just like hanging out in the neighborhood. Uh, the crossroads is one of my favorite <laughs> areas in Kansas city. 
when I moved back to Kansas City, I moved to Prairie Village and then I moved to Waldo and I've been in Waldo since. But I always say if I didn't have a dog who is used to having a yard, I would have loved to live in the crossroads and be able to walk everywhere and be engulfed in the art scene and the food scene. And every time I'm down there, I just, I just love it. I love parking my car on like any given street and just weaving through the blocks because I I just love a lot of times that's how I discover new places in Kansas city and a lot of new restaurants. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, I would say the crossroads is by far one of my favorite areas of Kansas city. Definitely. Mine too. And I feel like there's always new stuff popping up all the time. So yeah, just like finding a random street and seeing what's on it is a perfect way to explore around here. So if there was anything you could change about Kansas City, what would that be? Well, I guess living downtown now, I'm very just aware of like the highway and how it just is breaks up like from crossroads to downtown to river market, like a lot. So I'd say, I mean, I don't know. I've heard, you know, proposed projects for, you know, trying to make parks around there, things like that. So anything like that would be amazing. I feel like this area definitely lacks green space. Um, there's not that many parks or places to take your dogs. We have some like empty fields that we go to, um, but we'll see how long they're empty. So there's not too much green space around here. Um, there's also not that many like grocery stores around here either. So I'd say that, I mean, with all the stuff that's going in, in the crossroads, a bunch of like new apartment buildings are going in and everything like that, just making it like an area that you actually will s- stick around, like that you can shop and like get food and pharmacy and everything like that. Um, so I'd say that as like this area is continuing to like grow and, um, build up, like having, things like that would also be pretty awesome. I feel like I get in a conversation often with people about the lack of grocery stores in Kansas City. I was recently at an event at Cork Dork between Crossroads and and the West Side, but I was talking to someone who's lived in Kansas City only for a few years. And she was talking about how she loves Kansas City, but she never realized how few grocery stores there were. And we got into a big conversation about how, you know, River Market, Downtown, Crossroads, and Westport have very few grocery stores or like there isn't a Target around any sort of like big kind of store like that that can just be a one-stop shop. There isn't that, there isn't something accessible like that. Yeah. And I think it would make a huge improvement in Kansas City. So even in Aldi, Trader Joe's Anchor. Oh, Aldi. Yeah. I would love, Trader Joe's would be amazing. I feel like would make such a difference. And I'm always surprised that that doesn't come up more because I feel like people who live in the area you live in, or I have friends who live pretty close to Power and Light, it's the number one complaint they have is driving the 20 minutes to Trader Joe's on Ward Parkway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I make that trip like once or twice, so, you know, every week or something like that. And it is long. And, and I mean, that's pretty much where I used to live. So it's like crazy to see the difference on like how many grocery stores are around that area specifically compared to around here. I mean, within like a couple mile radius, I could go to multiple price choppers, Trader Joe's, Target, Aldi, all those different options. And then down here. I mean, there's a DGX and that's, or I walk all the way to Cosentino's or, or I can maybe catch the streetcar or something like that, or we drive to Sunfresh. I mean, there's just not that many great options around here. And so I think that would 
that would be like the main thing I would absolutely love. And especially with all these new apartments going in, there's a lot of space open on the bottom levels that I feel like even just a, like a bodega type place would be great to go in. Um, just things more for the actual people that live in the neighborhood instead of the people that are coming into the neighborhood would be nice. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And you also mentioned the highways and kind of dividing certain areas. I, I love the West bottoms. I love that that area has grown a lot recently, but for people who have moved down to the West bottoms and the stockyards, there's like no easy access in terms of walking or riding a bike to get to the other side of the city. I know someone who lived down there and loved the area, loved being in the stockyards, loved being next to the brewery and was really happy down there, except to get anywhere. It was not walkable to the rest of the city. And I think, yeah, if there was something connecting all the different parts of the city and again, just accessibility. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's like the word, <laughs> the word of the hour. Um, I feel like that would just make everything so much easier and would make people, as you said, stay down on, in those areas longer and help expand the areas even more because one part of living in the city or, you know, an appealing part for a lot of people living in the city is not having to get in your car to go everywhere. Exactly. And yes. I think certain areas in the city, you don't have an option unless you're literally walking across the street, you have to get in your car. Yeah. I mean, I graduated architecture school in 2011 and that was like one of our main projects that we did my final year. My final studio was like talking about down in this area and how I-35 even cuts like the West side neighborhood and the crossroads and like even going under that is just not a very pleasant experience. It's just a bunch of you know, like trash and bird poop, like mostly. Um, So I think like that was quite an eye-opening experience just to see like the process on how anything like that would ever change and how much stuff, you know, move around or whatever, just to try to emphasize better, like public transportation or anything like that. Um, So that was, yeah, a very interesting year for me, um, just getting into like urban planning more. So yeah, it's, it's been cool to see how Kansas City has progressed, but it would be really nice to just have it continue to progress. Yeah, I think we've come a long way. There's good things coming and I think we have a long way to go. That's usually my sort of mentality. I'm like, I can see each past, present, future. It's kind of coming full circle of like, we're doing a good job. Here's what we need to do, but here's the things we're doing. So I'm hopeful uh, over the next five or 10 years that Kansas City will definitely be where I think a lot of us expect it to. Right, yes, same. In terms of, the Cottage Rose. Is there anything else you would want listeners to know about you guys or anything maybe that we didn't go over? In general, I get with like wedding planning or event planning, like we know that things like that can be a lot to handle. Um, very expensive. Um, and there's definitely like reasons for that. It takes a lot of work to, you know, design and plan everything as well as like executed on the day of, especially when things come up all the time or a product doesn't come in or whatever. Um, but because of that, we definitely try to be as mindful of that as possible. This industry in general can be very wasteful. I mean, we're typically designing for one day, like a five hour event. Um, so we try to, you know, repurpose and like 
make suggestions on how to use your budget as best as you can to make, you know, like the biggest impact that you can repurposing ceremony florals to like reception, whatever we can do to like preserve flowers afterwards, like bouquets, pressing them, drying them, things like that. We, I mean, dried flowers are so popular right now. So I think that that alone is definitely, it's very sustainable. Um, We definitely have tried to make the switch to be more sustainable because it is such a wasteful business. Floral foam is a very big thing in the industry and we've stopped using it completely. Um, It's just not good for the environment. And so those have, you know, come with its own like complications on trying to figure out how to do things without using foam and stuff like that. Um, It definitely takes more like time and like thought and designing when we're like creating things. Um, but we definitely feel like it's worth it. Um, we try to use as many like local seasonal blooms as possible. So I think that's been like a big priority for us in the, within the past, like few years specifically. Press bouquets. I think I know what you're talking about, but can you explain exactly what that is? So after the wedding is over, um, we work with like a couple of different designers in the area local to the crossroads. Um, there's some that you can actually like ship your bouquet out to as well. Um, but basically they take the bouquet apart and they'll like press the flowers. Um, it usually takes like, I don't know, like a couple months or so to get everything just like pressed and dried completely. And then they'll put it together in some sort of composition, whether that's like in a frame, um, there's a like a designer around here that will put like pressed flowers into jewelry. Um, so it's just a really cool way to have another, like, I don't know, life out of your bouquet, basically. Um, that's really nice for people who want to have a little memento from their wedding, a little extra something special to remember the day, especially as you said, floral arrangements are not cheap. And I think there's something that for a lot of people are really important to them on their special day. But as you said, sort of after the day, they are done and they kind of go away, they go wherever. And um, so that's nice to have options of things to do with, with them after. Yeah, we've seen a bunch of different like options on how uh, people will do that, whether it's like pressing bouquets or just drying it. Um, like resin or acrylic is another thing that people can kind of just like, I guess, like submerge it in almost like there's a few designers that will do, I don't know exactly the process, but do something like that. We will dry bouquets for brides. We'll, you know, we'll just like hang them upside down for them. Um, but yeah, any way that you can kind of preserve something from your wedding is really nice because there's not a lot that you actually get to keep from it. So, um, besides like photos, so it's nice to have like something like that. Yeah. From your wedding day. And for any listeners that are interested in inquiring, what's sort of the time frame? Ideally, I would say like a year to six months is usually when we'll like start booking. That way there's plenty of time to like, you know, start the initial process, have a little bit of time to like adjust whatever we need to. Um, And then about a month before is when we try to get things as final as possible or all the flowers, stuff like that. Um, So then the week of we can be like good to go. But I mean, we've had people reach out like closer to their wedding date. Um, Not ideal, but most of the time we can make it happen. It really just depends, you know, if we're available, what they're wanting, things like that. Um, But I mean, we've had some people reach out like a couple weeks before. Um, But ideally, I would say like the year to six month range is probably like best when to reach out. Yeah. I feel like that's generally industry norms. I guess it's, it's hard to mean, I'm, 
as you've seen from the effects of COVID, but I feel like a lot of vendors in the wedding industry and just, again, I still feel like we're dealing with spillover from COVID weddings. Um, There must have been a lot of weddings planned in 2020 that have continued to kind of spill over. People waited to get engaged, everything like that. So I feel like a lot of people are tending to have longer engagements now. I do feel Mm -hmm. like the year, six months, maybe not quite six months, but year was sort of the norm. And now I feel like because things are taking so much longer and there is such a surge in how many people are getting married that things are are taking longer. So I imagine farther in advance, the better from, from your perspective. Yes. Uh, and no, I guess, because then I guess that sometimes they change their mind a lot of times uh, because there's just so many, like, you know, so much inspiration to see in that year and a half or so. Um, but yeah, I would say like about a year and a half is when we will start to book just because, I mean, it's just hard to plan things like two years or more in advance. We're probably not like one of the first things that people book, but we're probably like at least like top three or four or something like that. But I mean, our, our schedule is booking up pretty quickly for the year. And especially with us taking less weddings, um, I would say if you are interested, then reach out soon. Yeah, definitely. Well, listeners be sure to reach out. Where can people reach out to? We mentioned your website. Uh, if you could give that to us and any social media as well. Yes. Um, our website is the cottagerosflorals.com. Um, that would definitely be the best place to start. Um, our emails on there, there's contact forms, all that stuff. Um, our Instagram is just at the cottage rose, same with like Pinterest and Facebook, all that stuff. Um, but I would say Instagram talk actually are probably the ones that we post on the most now. Yeah. I love looking at your Instagram. I really love seeing the arrangements that you're coming up with and just the events you're doing, or even just small personalized bouquets. I just, I I grew up with a mom who loved to garden. It was her hobby. I felt like I really grew up surrounded by flowers. Uh, Birds of paradise is my mom's favorite flower and (laughs) they're not grown in Kansas city, but yeah, a little tropical. Yeah. Yes, very <laughs> tropical. And so I think a lot of the floral arrangements in my house growing up, my mom always had flowers. We always had flowers on either the kitchen table or somewhere in the kitchen. The flowers hold a special place in my heart because they remind me of my mom. But I, I love, I just feel like what you are doing is so different and unique to where it, it doesn't look like any other florist in Kansas City or any florist I've seen. And so it's just fun for me to look at your Instagram because I just, it just makes me happy. It just gives me like a smile and inspiration. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that it makes people happy. Um, it's really fun to work with like flowers because it's so easy to make people happy with them. So yeah, it's a, it's a pretty fun business to be in. Well, Farrell, thank you so much for joining me. I know you obviously have a really hectic schedule, so I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Be sure to follow them on Instagram at The Cottage Rose. And as always, you can follow me on Instagram at Casey by Sari. And we'll see you next week. Casey Confidential. Casey's confidential. Yeah. Oh. Can
Kansas City's best. Ooh, Casey Confidential. School Casey's Confidential.